and I wouldn't go out with you. You said things that weren't very nice. Hello and welcome to the Coolest Kids Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the spookiest month and the spookiest holiday, Halloween. Halloween! I am one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins, joined by your other host. Bats and a skeleton. (laughs) I was going to, I was, I, I spent like five minutes trying to think of a you know the candy brocks like Mm -hmm. b-r-a-c-h i was gonna be like brocks old-fashioned caramels or something like that there's also an east coast company that's uh, called wilbur chocolates so there's just uh, brocks brocks wilbur's uh (laughs) just pluralizing me and then put me in your mouth (laughs) that's what happened in watchmen with uh uh dr manhattan my god um <laughs> we went uh, chris ligman took me to see body worlds in la uh, before i left uh-huh. uh where they just take out the bones and muscles of, of real people that are dead uh yeah but they also take out uh like the entire like endocrine system and like all mm-hmm. like all these nerves and then put them in the shape of a person and at every one of them i was like it just looks like dr manhattan like when he's yeah. in that weird, like I'm a brain with the nerves thing. And I was like, it's weird to me that with like, and I brought you up in this conversation and I was like, Darren's introduced me to the works of Ito. Uh, and I was like, it's so strange that like American pop culture hasn't used this floating brainstem thing anywhere else. Like ever. I'm like, I'm sure right. it's been in a comic somewhere, but I like, there's no other functional starting pop culture reference for most of what I saw except for Hannibal uh, and this. So, right. I was going to make a very specific reference about the endocrine system uh, because the soup used to always play this clip of Gary Busey yelling, I will rip your endocrine system out of your body. Yes, I do remember that. (laughs) But I feel like that's too specific a reference from a little bit too long ago. For for those of us that dedicated the time and effort to the soup, it's a a welcome reminder. (laughs) And a great thing, a great thing to bring back from the dead for our spooky Halloween episode (laughs) that we are recording Uh, in early November. Early November. I mean, it's the same week as Halloween, so it's not bad. We're not, we're not far off. It's not like we're recording this in January. That would be the spookiest Spookiest. episode of all. (laughs) Um. So you uh, you told me about this. I've heard of the game before, but I've never you, played the game. Have you ever the played game. the game? Okay, I'll give an intro I, to I, the game then. So Stubbs a Zombie is a game that came out on the original Xbox. And uh, you play as a zombie uh, in, in basically a, a retro-futurist uh, 1960s sort of thing. So it's basically like if the Jetsons had happened when the Jetsons was made. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're in this... This city that every everyone's sort of pooting around on little rocket ships, but there's also everyone's in a in a barbershop quartet, uh, and you play as a guy who's bit by a zombie, and you turn into a zombie, and you you're still in love with this girl from when you're alive, uh, and like the mayor of town has kidnapped her. He's gone full Bowser on this thing, uh, and so you play mm-hmm. this game like running around and biting humans, turning them into zombies, and then helping them like sort of rush at stronger allies. Now, the, the weird part about it is that the whole thing is built in the Halo engine. So, and this came out like a year or two after Halo weird. 1 first came out. So the co-op in it is also the same way with that split down the center, uh, 
horizontally across the screen. Uh, and I, it's a very weird thing to be like, I, I know that this is how I was supposed to be Master Chief, and, uh, but now I'm a guy that keeps pulling out uh, his, his own insides and throwing them like grenades at people. And it has roughly the same mm. effect. It's it's a weirdly disquieting thing, uh, but it's a it's a very funny, weird game. Like one of the mini boss battle battles is is a dance dance revolution thing set to uh, this cover of my boyfriend's back. Uh, it's a delightful game that I love to return to, and the team behind it is making a zombie game right now for Adult Swim games called Raise the Dead, uh, with, oh, with yeah, Ray being the main that. character. I was like. It doesn't seem like it's anything like this game, but they were like, we like zombie jokes and we'd like to do this. Uh, so the soundtrack for it is this collection of 1960s pop songs as performed by modern indie rock acts. This It, it touches close to emo, but mostly I just wanted them to, to make you listen to this so that we could talk about it track by track. Yeah. Because some of my favorite songs of all time are on here. And then there's some other stuff that it's you're like, good, what is, who, who thought this should happen? <laughs> Right. Um, I kept getting this game con- for years. This is... Fuck. Like, <laughs> this sentence will probably only make sense to you. I, only, I kept getting this game confused with uh, another game for PSP called Deadhead Fred. Yes. <laughs> which uh, stars John C. McGinley, who played uh, on Scrubs as Dr. <laughs> yeah, Cox. Dr. Cox. <laughs> like, like, yeah, so that's a... It's a whole thing. Like, that's a whole thing. Um, but yeah, I like this. Uh, I liked most of this. Um, and then I, like, I, as I was listening to it, I started to have indie rock thoughts on Twitter. Um, uh, but it's like, it started off. Like, I, th- I think, let me, hold on. Let me bring up the uh, soundtrack listing again. <laughs> so I can, um, so I can recall properly. But, um, the it got I got to I think it's the third track which is uh the Death Cab version of what did they do Earth they Angel. did Earth Angel and I I started talking about it on Twitter I was like Death Cab only really has one good album and the rest of it is just it's fine it's not but it's all it's good. not bad <laughs> yeah huh. Yeah, like, like it's it's fine. Like, I think Transatlanticism is a really great album, uh-huh. and everything else is just, it's fine. I'd always felt and, that way too, and I, I, I give them, I, I've actually given some of the albums that have come since it such a better shake, including this last one where they got rid of their other guitarist, and I was like, I like so much of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but but it also comes just, from a place of like this is functionally good music, I think. <laughs> Right, yeah, like it's like there's it does it doesn't feel like there's anything special about it, um, and like it it really got me thinking when uh, when I got to their cover of Earth Angel where it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like they tried to do anything with it, just these the it same just, clean chords. It's basically like Pearl Jam's right. last last Kiss cover. Like, what if we just did it straight up? Yeah, and but it but like his voice has like that weird echo thing on it that I did not appreciate. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. It just it was it it existed. It was that's that's what I feel like the band is like. They they're fine. They're it's yeah okay. It's it, yeah it, it it is a I was I was in a a bar recently and I was trying to uh, use the Shazam app to figure out this cover 
of a, of a Doors song. And I was like, okay, this makes me want to listen to the Doors. So it's accomplishing something. And after three attempts, uh, Shazam would only give me the original the Doors song as a result. And I was like, okay, so this begs the question, if, if Shazam cannot functionally tell you apart from the original, are you doing a good cover or not? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think there's some, there's definitely something to be said about like putting your own, like if you're not, if you're covering a song and you're not putting any kind of twist on it, what's the point of you covering that song? Right. Besides, Hey, I want to play this song, which anybody can do. Which is what I have I, no problem I, the with first that. three different singles I've heard from the band Mondo Cosmo. I thought all mm-hmm. three of them were covers of Pixies' Where Is My Mind. And they're not. They're original songs, but they just use the exact same <laughs> chord progression in the same way with the same sort of backing thing. And I've come to respect uh-huh. that, like, you know, you could have just done the cover, but what if you did an entire album of just brushing up against it? Like like right. you were a Strangers in the Night. Uh, right. Da, 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 so this also contains a cake cover of strangers in the night which is one of my mm-hmm. favorite cake tracks of all time which also i was like <laughs> I, thought... I was like this this begs the question is cake emo because i think so i have strong thoughts on this <laughs> <laughs> i did when that when it came when the cake version came out i was like yes like like the guy from cake his voice is very distinct uh he almost talks while he sings yeah um and i don't know it was just like especially because it's it's two tracks after uh, the Death Cab and like after you hit that, I was just and I didn't. There's I don't even know who the band or the song before Rose Hill Drive, Shaking All Over. Like I I don't know what that song is. I've never heard of that it, band. It's 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 sort of it's it was supposed it's sort of a fun sixties dance song and they just fucking mm-hmm. crank it to eleven on this. Which between these two like really sweet covers, you're like, what is this fucking electric guitar shredding all over the place for? <laughs> Yeah, like I've never even heard of this band. Yeah, um, there's there's a couple also, here. like, <laughs> um, like I've heard I've I've heard of most of these bands up here, so, except for so this maybe like this contains my favorite song, one of my favorite. This is probably my favorite cover of all time. Is the Mister Sandman cover done by a band called Oranger, who yeah. has done nothing else? Uh, they they keep all the harmonies intact, and with each verse, it adds more and more stuff. Uh, and then there's just the the most soaring theremin solo you've ever heard in your life. And I'm like, I just mm-hmm. it, it 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 made Mr. Sandman one of my favorite songs. And then that maybe like it's it's such a good, brilliant cover and does so much with it. And I was like, who who are they, and why can't I have more of what they're doing? <laughs> right. Um, I really like the. When the when the the soundtrack starts off with uh, Ben Quiller doing Lollipop, and uh, like I was just like okay, like it starts off like as Lollipop, and it kind of and it kind of builds on it, um, and like I was I was kind of afraid when I started listening to it because it like when it starts off there's no distinction besides Ben Quiller singing Lollipop, <laughs> and then they add more to it, and I was kind of worried. I was just like, uh, I hope this is just just them covering like the whole album isn't just people covering these and not doing anything special with it yeah ben queller been... gives about 20 percent effort and that makes it a perfect ben queller song you, uh, yeah i was gonna say that just sounds like... like all right I, I know what your brand is this is all right <laughs> that just sounds like ben Qu- like ben queller looks like he can only give 20 percent. like every picture i've ever seen of him it's just like oh he's 
He just rolled out of band. Uh, and, band. Bed. Just rolled out of band. That's our, our podcast just, we record first thing in the morning. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, it goes from Lollipop, which again, like, this is the soundtrack within the game on sort of a repeat. So, like, Lollipop becomes a song that you're just tearing people to shreds against. It's really right. funny in that context, especially with Ben Clare just sort of uh, ketamine napping through it. Uh, and then, and then that's the first track, and the second track is is probably the song that should have been wider known of, of everything here. It's the Ravenettes covering my boyfriend's back with this oh, that, sick fucking electro drum beat underneath it. Uh, and it's yeah. just, it's it's sex as a song. It's so incredibly right. well done. And it, it, like when like I first I, heard this, that was like the Ben Quiller thing. I was like, that's fine. That's a cover. And then you hit this and you're like, what is happening and who assembled this and got these rights together to do this? <laughs> Right, I, I like um, uh, my boyfriend's back is always one of those so- one of those old songs, and I'm just like, I like this song. Like it's it's fu- it's a fun song, and uh, then like when the when this version came on, I was just like, man, they did something real special with this. Like it sounds like it's it sounds like late '60s, like early '70s sort of rock uh, cover of it, which I guess like was sort of a weird revival in the mid two thousands. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> of, of rock. So, and it's literally a song about a zombie. Like they've really, <laughs> is that, is that really what that song's about? Her boyfriend is back and you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> back from the dead. That oh is. yeah, I guess <laughs> I'm stupid. Oh, there, shut up. <laughs> there, there's also a cover um, of there goes my baby on here by the Walkman, which is, just like Ben Queller giving twenty percent, the Walkman give forty right. percent, but that's mostly whiskey, and it, and it serves the song so well. Like you can hear him just drifting away from the mic and shouting into a room, and you're like, "That's that's all I ever wanted the Walkman to be. This is perfect." I'm sure they don't remember recording this. That's how much I love it. Um, I really liked the Flaming Lips. Uh, if I only had a brain. Like, <laughs> just because Again, it was song. just like, <laughs> it was just like, it was like, yes, this is it. Like, if it wasn't a song from The Wizard of Oz, like, this would have just been a song that the Flaming Lips <laughs> would have eventually came up with. And and it's, it, it, I say this even as a Flaming Lips fan, I don't particularly like it as a cover, but like, it is just this weird collection of sound effects that they sort of that Wayne sort of does kind of his best singing that he can do at this point over the top of it. Uh, right. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not, it's not particularly, uh, they don't change much, but like, I know there's always something floaty and ethereal about the flaming lips that, uh, like you were talking about the sound effects and everything. Like, I was just like, yeah, this is, this is a flaming lip song. Like it, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine any other indie band from this era. Two thousand was two thousand seven, uh, two thousand two thousand five is the original release, and then yeah. But um, yeah, from from like two thousand five, I couldn't really imagine any other um, indie. Maybe Cake. I could see Cake doing it because um, <laughs> they're weird. Like I don't know. It was a. It was. It was. It was neat, but there wasn't enough to it. Right. Um, you were talking about just to talk about the game for a second. You were talking about killing people to this uh, to this soundtrack. Um, 
Dead Rising Four came out last year. Yes, and I reviewed <laughs> and I reviewed that, and like you're, and it's just like you killing zombies to like this cheerful Christmas music. It's very like jazzy around the mall. Christmas music. I think you were the one that pointed <laughs> out that like the best Christmas album of the year is the pause music on Dead Rising Four, and I I was leaving yeah. it on pause just to listen to it. I was like, yeah, it's yeah. really nice. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, um, I need to go. I need to play that game again for uh, for Christmas. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's a uh, uh, like this kind of this kind of zombie uh, horror I can get into of just like this kind of ridiculous, um, I guess playing both sides of the both sides of the coin, being the zombie and being the human, killing the zombies, to the just like this this poppy sort of uh, like not taking itself seriously. Exactly, I can I can <laughs> be all about. Um. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking through the the soundtrack, and there's like four bands up here. Four bands. Uh, like I've never heard of Rose Hill Drive, Oranger, Clem Snide, and Milton Mapes. Like I've, I've Mapes never is heard an of Austin band. But if 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 it is any indication, if you if you Google Milton Mapes, Oranger is the next most uh, Googled thing afterwards. So they're definitely a, a collection mm. of bands that people heard on this soundtrack and are still trying to figure out who right. the fuck they were. Uh, but then, yeah, their yeah. cover of Lonesome Town is, is it, it sounds, I mean, it sounds like what the Walkmen did as well, but it's it's a little more straight. Yeah. And and, like and this the... is all builds towards the fact that this album ends with a, an, a single original song from the band Phantom right. Planet, who did the, the California... Is... <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say if you need to know what two thousand five sounded like, um, it's Phantom like, Planet trying to do a spooky Halloween song called "The Living Dead." But like, it doesn't sound like anything. Like I listened to it not too long ago, and I couldn't tell you what that song sounded like. <laughs> like it just didn't sound like any like the. I don't. I don't know. I it. It sounded like when you would when you would hear a commercial for like you can go on this uh you can go on this vacation to the mountain and ski down the mountain like it was just like this kind of generic like it didn't sound like sixties it just sounded kind of like generic rock. This is what would let you ski down the mountain. Is my favorite right. review of a like sound. It would, just, it would just it would just play behind somebody like going down a mountain, uh, or just like. Like it would be like a montage of vacation footage, and it's just like you can do all this exciting stuff when you go on all expenses paid vacation. <laughs> what this this metaphor just keeps expanding, and I love it. I watched a lot of TV and saw a lot of vacation commercials where it's just like, or I would just play Lust for Life for like an hour and a half, and it's just like you can go to Sandals, Jamaica, and. Fucking the song will be playing there your entire time. <laughs> so, did you like this album? Was this fun? Was this I, too far from what we do? <laughs> no, no. I re- I did actually enjoy this album. It's just like some of the some, like I said before, like some of them didn't um, they didn't do enough, so they don't stick out to me. Right. Um. And and and, like, and certainly by that by that measure, the Flaming Lips song sticks out you'll never not hear that that way again right like uh like i was bringing up death cab like 
there's like it's nothing there it's just ben gibbard singing this song in like what sounds like a lonely hallway <laughs> and like i i didn't i didn't need it i didn't like i really like i really like transatlanticism like i think that album is truly like like from back to front that album's really good and then anything they've done before or after is just like there's a few good songs here or there but other than that it's just like yeah this is this is indie rock waiting music <laughs> there's so I, I was trying to figure out why I was trying to place it, and I, I, I realized this very quickly. Uh, so I uh, interviewed this uh, uh, company called uh, Turntable Kitchen a few months ago, uh, mm-hmm. and they started out as uh, doing this sort of, he was into records, and she's into cooking, and they got married. So they started a blog together about pairing cooking and, they... and records. And so they started doing, like, uh, we're going to make a record each they month. $10,000 and... to put this house together. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they started a subscription-based service that started with, like, 7-inch records and then, like, some cooking stuff. And then it became full-on records and stuff. And it's and now they even do, like, they have a coffee side of it, too. But the thing that they do that I think really separates them and made me really excited about what they do is that they now do these uh, limited-edition vinyl-run records where they let... Uh, one artist cover an entire album by somebody and these are big things so they have like this canadian uh, artist who did uh, the entire the entire what's the story morning glory album and some things like that mm. and their newest mm. one to come out uh ben gibbard uh, just covered the entirety of uh, teenage fan clubs bandwagon-esque mm-hmm. uh, and i was like sorry how do you a get ben gibbard and b how do you get the rights to these things and we had this long talk about how like technically uh, if you're doing cover music, which is something I'd completely forgotten that this is how copyright law in America works, uh, as long as you give basically 50 cents uh, of each album sale to the original artist, like you can mm-hmm. cover as much as you want, uh, and you mm-hmm. don't even need their goddamn permission to do it. Which I think huh. I think part of uh, the Stubbs the Zombie thing was like I was in college and I was like I'm sorry. This is an album that this is a soundtrack that you, no one knows. Like no one that likes this music is, but like it, it's not for kids. It, this isn't the same thing as Mountain Dew sponsoring Halo. This is a zombie game right. with this really like adult soundtrack uh, going with it for these for a very specific genre of music. Uh, and like, how do you get all of this together? And I was like, oh, you you can. And like with the the turntable kitchen folks, they're like we actually reach out to all these artists and stuff to get permission and, and like to at least get their blessing. Like no one's ever turned it down. And like teenage fan club was like, hold on, Ben Gibbard is going to cover us. Yeah. You go right the fuck ahead. That's, <laughs> that's fine. The, the, somebody uh, a thousand times more famous than we will ever be. Sure. <laughs> right. Um, but I'm, I am I, excited I, to hear I, that one. Cause I kind of hope that I, and, and one of the things I was talking then about was like, so how do you like arrange like what level of production goes into these things? Because this isn't just like somebody sitting at home alone with an acoustic guitar doing these into their USB mic. Like these are full album production cover albums. Uh, and I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know. And they're like, well, Ben has a, a, a home studio that's, you know, what you would expect from Ben Gibber. I was like, I understand. They record the Death Cab albums there. It's fine. Uh, yeah. And then, but they were like, you know, we we work out these different. Some people take longer. Some t- people take more money to do these things. And I'm like, so there's definitely a full like full band Ben Gibbard thing. And I was like, I, I guess I'd always sort of thought like, I can't wait to hear what he does with that because I didn't hear him do anything with this. <laughs> 
or 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 with mm-hmm. a, a number of his other cover projects uh <laughs> right um i don't know I, I just feel like every time i hear anything from ben gibbert it's just like this is ben gibbert <laughs> like I, all of his stuff sounds too samey to me maybe it's just me um except for like like both like the postal service and trans transatlanticism like I know those are just like the ones where everyone's like, yeah, these are really good, and it's because like I just feel like it's because th- he has one thing to offer, yes. kind of, and like when he when he hit it that one time, I was just like, yes. Then every other time, I'm just like, okay, it's it's fine. Like it just sounds like music that you would hear at a coffee shop, like. And that, you need something, and that's why need something inoffensive I, I, to play I think in about, public. Uh, Zoe Deschanel's music career, and she and mm-hmm. in she and him, I always forget that her husband isn't the one in the band with her. It's always M Ward, uh, but M Ward does the exact same thing. Right. If 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 he were to have dropped in and replaced M Ward on tour, no one would know. Like <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And I was like, M Ward's the same way as Death Cab, where it's just like they have six billion albums, but <laughs> you couldn't like if you put them all in a line, you really couldn't tell the difference between any of them. I think um, I think I had my appreciation of Death Cab greatly enhanced by seeing them live uh, mm-hmm. after uh, right after their single for "I Will Possess Your Heart" came out, which uh, mm-hmm. kudos on releasing an eight minute single uh, that's mostly <laughs> ambient sound around a single bass line. Uh, I, uh-huh. I was like, oh, oh, this this sounds like living inside a fog machine. It, it, the song makes me cold to listen to. I I love that song <laughs> so much, and I'm like, okay, that I'm. I'm in for this uh, and to watch them do like yeah. transatlanticism era stuff. Like I, I, I formed a real appreciation for the band and that, but I, sometimes it does not translate to listening to the album versions of the things because yeah, it all, it all blends together, which is a weird thing to say because some of these other bands that were, uh, that were excited about, like I, I would murder a person to, to see a cake show. Cause I love cake so very, right. very much but every song that they've ever recorded sounds exactly the same. And uh, somehow that's uh, well, still think, different. <laughs> yeah. I was, I think the difference between cake and like a death cab or something like cake is, is, is fun. Like, like there's a, there's this energy to cake sure. that a lot of death cab is like there. I think there's an energy to transatlanticism uh-huh. that is not in anything else. Like, uh, I was, uh, I was a radio intern when um, Plans came out. So I heard uh, Soul Meets Body about 30,000 times a day. Oh, my God. Uh, and I like I was indifferent to that song. Like, I didn't think it was anything special. But hearing it so many times, I'm just like, I could I could never hear this song again. And I'd be completely fine. <laughs> uh, like, I just don't... Like, it's, it's either... Anything after that album, I'm not going to say the name again because it's too long. Uh, it's either like it's fine or it's just like, eh, eh. Like, I, like, you I, couldn't I totally ask get me, <laughs> you couldn't ask me, like, what's a song off Codes and Keys because I couldn't tell you. Even though we either. played like, <laughs> we played like four tracks off that album at Starbucks. Like, did you know that album came out six years ago? Wait, what? Yeah, Codes and Keys came out six years ago. Came out in 2011. 
No. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. And like they were like I remember Death Cab being like the indie band for a right. while. <laughs> And then they were not like they just kind of disappeared, and then Arcade Fire came out, and uh, everyone forgot. I, I I think maybe some of the things, something that we're saying here with our our, our cake versus Death Cab thing uh, is that it, is what we've hit on with the Amored thing as well is sort of this idea that like uh, you can be a band that every song sounds the same as long as you're the only band that sounds like that. Uh, right. My wife, my wife has a long-running joke that she Viv loves to pull out. Where uh, she's like, uh, "We did it the other night. The song by the New Radicals came on while we were at a pizza place." And I was like, "What band is this?" And she's like, "U2." And I was like, "No, it's not U2. It's like all those bands are U2. Every one of those bands is U2, and I can't argue with that. Right? It's true. <laughs> it's that's right. the, the New Radicals didn't sing about Irish independence, but in a way, they did." <laughs> Uh, let me tell you about mid two thousands Christian contemporary music and how much that sounds exactly like you too. Uh, the uh, as as a long time uh, on again off again U two fan, uh, their drummer is the only one in the band who isn't Christian. And very uh-huh. early in their career, they were like 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 what I'm talking like goddamn Joshua Tree era. They were like, we're gonna be a Christian rock band and we're gonna proclaim to everyone that we're Christians. And just the drummer was like, I'm not. And they were like, then we won't. And I often, I often think about how that saved their careers because there are so many different Christian music purges throughout modern music history where, you know, if, if they'd had songs or affiliated themselves with the sort of movements that like instead Bono just affiliates himself with every movement which works out well because mm-hmm. then when somebody is shitty is behind one of them. But if he'd been like, well, you, you two's playing promise keepers, like there would have never been yeah. a comeback from this. And like, uh, it, it's why it's why one of my favorite songs that they've ever done uh, is on their pop album called Wake Up Dead Man, uh, which is uh, where they sing a song to Jesus asking him to come back and save us. Uh, and it's the only song where they say the word fuck in it a couple of times. And I was always like, oh, oh you know, it took a lot for this Christian rock ostensibly band to, in their most obvious, I'm talking directly to Jesus song, uh, drop the F-bomb. Right. And I was always like, that's the, it, 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 I, I have an appreciation for that. Here we are. <laughs> right. Um, I was going to say something about you, too. I completely <laughs> forgot. Because I was I was looking at the uh, looking at the the codes and keys uh, Wikipedia page, and uh, the second paragraph starts off. During its recording, Gibbard stated, "It's not a guitar-based record. We've been to, we've been into vintage keyboards and playing with that palette, and that sentence makes me so angry. Like, you, like you know I, someone I else imagine already did being, Kid A right." <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like I feel like I'm stuck at a party and some guy like I'm talking to I'm talking to some guy I don't know he's like a friend of a friend of a friend and he's just like yeah I've just been into vintage keyboards lately and I just want to be like uh huh uh huh I'm gonna go over to this conversation over here. Did you know that video games are better in 4K and on PC where the resolution is higher? <laughs> oh god! It's it's like it's like that line in LCD sound systems. I'm I'm losing my edge. Where he's like, I hear that you and your friends sold turntable sold your turntables and bought guitars. I hear you and your friends sold your guitars and bought turntables. You want to get an arpeggiator and make a jazz record. 
uh, to reference what Brock was just talking about being uh, uh, about 4K, I was at a GameStop last week. Uh, my brother had to go to the Apple Store, so I was just like, I'll just wander around this mall. It's a Sunday. Which let me preface this by like, really I here. thought you were kind of kidding about a guy literally following you around and talking to you. And to, to know that it was not like that, that people still do this uh, horrifies me. I was uh, not. Um, I was walking around this GameStop and like, I'm just walking around looking around. It's like, oh, they have some, like, I could buy like a, a collectible, like some sort of action figure they sell there. They usually have neat <laughs> stuff on clearance. I'll go I around ju- and I, ju- I can this. hear you talk about this forever. <laughs> like, just like <laughs> oh, you know what? I might duck into that there collectible <laughs> store. A, 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 a pittance would, is what it would cost me for some uh, trinket that would. I, it's how my brain works, too. Like, I'll just go in there and buy something and feel good for a minute. It'll just, it's fine. Right, right. So I'm walking around this GameStop, and one of the, uh, one of the uh, clerks, one of the, one of the cashiers, he's, uh, he's, like, asking me about video games and everything. And we're talking about video games, and he's, uh, he's talking to me about the new Assassin's Creed. And I'm just like, uh, I don't really, look, I haven't really liked Assassin's Creed since uh, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Basically trying not to be like, I really don't like a lot of what that uh, that franchise is doing. Like, I, I often get, whenever I go to a GameStop or whenever I meet somebody new and they want to talk about video games, and they bring up some, like, massive uh, series that has a new entry every year, like, I don't want to get into my game critic mode of being like well this is everything that's wrong with it and it done some good stuff but so i'm trying my best not to be like i really don't want to talk about assassin's creed i'm just like kind of nodding be like yeah i liked i liked some of the older games i didn't really get into any of the later ones uh so i'm talking and, and I'm talking to this guy there's another the, clerk the, there the, the final assassin's creed would just be you stuck in a GameStop having to explain why you stopped playing Assassin's Creed <laughs> to somebody that, that refuses to accept it. I'll buy that, that game. <laughs> I was going to say, that's pretty much every every <laughs> video game conversation with a stranger. It's just like, yeah, I like video games. What have you been playing? And I, like, I'll name a game, and they're just like, I've never heard of that before. This is what I play. And I'm just like, yeah... Okay. Here's the thing. Um, I made my own mashup of Destiny 2 and Persona 5. So what I'm going <laughs> to pitch you right now is why I need this Kickstarter funding to finish it. Uh, so uh, the other, we start talking about another game and like the other, uh, we start talking about Destiny 2 and uh, like the other. Um, that is every video game gets... conversation with a stranger. Destiny is what everyone is playing all of the time. <laughs> The other uh, clerk gets dragged into it, and like, uh, and like he, there's he's talking to another guy, and the guy starts talking about how you should only play games. Well, not that you should only play games, but you should play games on PC because they run at 60 FPS, and like games look really good at 60 FPS, and you can run it in 4K and everything. And I'm just like, I mean, that doesn't really matter to me. And he keeps going on. I said this do- that doesn't really like. It, it, it doesn't really matter to me. I said that like four times, but he's still just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, you should get it on 60 FPS. So I'm just like, I'm like looking down at my phone trying to be like, walk away, walk away from this guy. But he keeps following me back and forth around the store. talking about 60 FPS and I'm texting Brock. Just like this guy is following me. Like I need to, I need to die in the store and then come back as a lich and haunt this guy. And 
uh, I'm gonna die here. This is this is my death because I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna die. I'm in this GameStop because 60 FPS. <laughs> it, it, the, a, a, yesterday, a, a guy came over here to do some work on the house who was a younger dude and started up a conversation with me about Destiny 2 because that's every mm-hmm. conversation right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he has a family member who worked on a Voltron VR uh, game. It was supposed to be a game, mm-hmm. and then they cut money, and it wound up being called like uh, the Voltron VR experience because uh, now mm-hmm. it's thirty minutes long, and and you just like can see from inside the ship, and that's about it. There's no combat or things. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. I could talk to this guy about games, and without like missing a beat to breathe, he just jumped into like, isn't it crazy that Hillary pl- paid for the Russian dossier? And I was like, wow. I don't know which is weirder, the fact that we pivoted that quickly into politics or that you pronounced <laughs> dossier correctly. Like this is. <laughs> um, do you? Did you ever see? I I have to sigh because I don't I don't ever want to bring up this movie or the man who directed it. But did you ever see Clerks too? I'm sure you did. Yes, absolutely, many times. Do you remember? Do you remember the scene where Elliot is talking about uh, uh, pillow pants and Listerine? Yes, and and uh, wow. Randall is like staring at him, and like it's, the camera is just zooming in on his face, uh-huh. like very slowly as he's like come to this realization that this person's a nightmare yes like i have that for, like for people that, that don't know he's describing how sex sex works yeah or how he can't why he can't have sex right because his girl because uh they can't and why he can't have sex and why he can't kiss his girlfriend because uh there's a goblin or a demon that lives in her mouth called Listerfiend. I'm gonna, I haven't seen. I saw this movie once. I can't believe that you have this name recall on Clerks too. What have we done? And <laughs> I, how far have we I gone? Saw, I saw this movie once, but this scene stuck out in my brain so much because I've had this interaction with somebody so many times where it's just like they start. Exp- he, he starts explaining how his girlfriend has a, a goblin in her mouth called Listerine. That's why they can't make out, and then. There's a goblin in her in her pants that once they get married will go away, and his name is Pillow Pants, and he can't like they can't they can't have sex or they can't make out, and like uh, Randall's just standing there like staring at him just like what is and the camera's just like getting closer on his face just like the fuck is this kid <laughs> talking about? And I've had that I've had that experience so many times because I'm. I'm a talkative guy. We've talked about this. Like, I, I, there's a certain charm to how I, how I come off. Um, and people think they could just talk to me about whatever. And sometimes people start talking to me and I'm just like, uh huh, uh huh. I need to get out of this conversation right now. But sometimes I'm stuck at work or I'm at a party and it's in a friend's apartment, who, which is like three feet wide. So I guess I'll just die in this apartment now. <laughs> I love to just pick a spot and die there. That's my go-to conversation move. <laughs> it's like it's it's terrible because like the two main things I've always been into is just like music that people has never heard of and video games, which are two two <laughs> conversations that you can get dragged in with people that you do not want to be a part of. Okay, so wait, you can't do video games? What about music? Oh yeah, I can do music. Now, nah, sorry, you didn't let me finish. Music you've never heard of. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the concepts of music. Right. 
It's just like, have you heard of this band before? No. Uh, what do they sound like? Well, and then you're like, because you don't want to make somebody, you don't want to drag somebody into a conversation that they have no stakes in or they're not going to understand like too deeply because like you could just be like, hey, like if you can find something surface level to, to have like small talk with somebody that you're just kind of like having this shallow conversation with but then people are just like what kind of music are you into and i'm just like well i like this band and they're like i don't know who that is what do they sound like so you know (laughs) you know what sadness sounds like and uh reverb yeah it's like that (laughs) i'm gonna try to describe a color to you now using only colors on a non-visual spectrum So you know how dogs only see certain colors and some dogs see in gray? It's like that, but what if music? <laughs> My god. You know when you know when you have sleep paralysis? What if that was music? Well, that does describe a lot of things we like. <laughs> I I I was going back to Stubbs the Zombie here to to look for something in the game to to round us off with. Uh, and mm-hmm. the last entry in the game Wikipedia is called Cannibalism Controversy. Uh, apparently, I saw apparently that. Stubbs, along with the game Fear, which I never finished, so I don't know, uh, in November 2005 were called out for uh, uh, exposing children to cannibalism uh, by Senator Joe mm-hmm. Lieberman, a giant piece of shit, and the National Institute for mm-hmm. the Family. Uh, Lieberman stated, it's just the worst kind of message to kids, and furthermore, it can harm the entirety of America's youth. Uh, Wide Load Games responded by saying that Stubbs is a zombie, not a human cannibal. That's such a great comeback. <laughs> I, 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 what, Joe like, Lieberman, Joe Lieberman like a... you get to do just just say what the things are, and it counts as a comeback. Uh, Joe Lieberman looks like a light bulb fell on a like a wig fell on a light bulb and just stayed there forever. He's still alive. How is he still alive? Somebody should go kick him in the dick. Yeah, everyone at Westboro lives to be 90. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hatred keeps you alive, and, and uh, but you have to live miserable, so. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good. That was a good way to end. It's a good sound to end this out on. Um, yeah, so, like, if you get a chance, yeah, how would, would you, would you tell people to go listen to this? Oh, absolutely. I listen to this all the time. It's, it's all on YouTube. There's a very direct playlist that just has all 13 songs in the right order uh if anything oranger's mr sandman cover is something you have to hear as is the ravenettes my boyfriend's back which maybe there's a chance yeah. you've heard that one before like it i i, don't I do know. think the the ravenettes i think the ravenettes cover is the best song on the uh on the soundtrack yeah um yeah i would i would definitely say it's, uh, it's six to bucks to. for the soundtrack on amazon <laughs> Yeah, it's like, especially this like colder time of the year, like this sort of '60s sound uh, has a has a like a fall. Kind of reminds me of a, a fall uh, sort of weather feeling, like late uh, early fall, late summer. Um, I'm sorry, I was looking at uh, I was looking at the my boyfriend's back Wikipedia page. <laughs> And it says, the rap group Bone Thugs and Harmony's track, Guess Who's Back, borrows heavily from the structure and lyrics of My Boyfriend's Back. And I thought everyone should know that. Okay. I, that's, uh, 
That's such a such a weird song to borrow from uh, Bone Thugs. <laughs> uh, going back to when I was when I was a radio intern, uh, they had a game on the that they would play. Um, I, it, it had to do with Bone Thugs, and so what they would do is they would uh, sing. You know how in Bone Thugs they say "bone" a lot in their songs, yes. just like over and over. The premise of the game was they would sing a song but replace all the words with bone, and you had to guess what the uh, you had to guess what the song was they were singing. Which is interesting. That's <laughs> that's complicated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, I would listen. Go go back and listen. Like it's on YouTube. It's not very long. It's like uh, thirty eight minutes, so you can get in and out. It's not gonna it's not gonna waste your time. Do it. It's a good album. Brock, do you have anything that you wanna share with the people? Uh, read my wife's work over at the Mary Sue. Her name is Vivian Kane. She is a good writer and not in the room looking Vivian, at me and excited. Vivian Kane sounds like a an old timey detective uh to to be fair also people on the internet uh when they are mad at her on reddit claim that there can't be a person with that name so it it is it is a not believable name we get it yeah, she i was gonna say she sounds like she sounds like a, a dc a dc character <laughs> like uh the only like place Wonder i've seen Wonder her name used in pop culture uh, is the uh female protagonist in the xbox 360 game legendary where you open pandora's Ew. box and a bunch of werewolves attack you Ew, why would you bring that up? <laughs> the game Legendary? I don't know. I had such high hopes. Uh, you should take her last name. I, like you should Brock Will Brock Kane? Yeah, that makes Brock, that seems Brock Kane. Yeah. Brock Kane in Murderer. <laughs> well the... Brock Kane is the Revengeanist. That's that's really what it sounds like. It's a good. It's a it's a strong name. It's a good strong name. Brock Kane is gonna punch your face this summer. Terrence is just doing Brock Kane jokes here for everyone. <laughs> I've been awake since four o'clock. In the You've morning. been awake too long. You should go to sleep, and we'll work tomorrow. Thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. <laughs> um. As always, you can find me on Twitter at the Black Nerd. You can find Brock on Twitter at Brock Wilbur. You can find both of us on Twitter at Coolest Kids Pod. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, please rate and review the show because rating and reviewing uh, increases visibility, so people will listen to the show more. And or you could just uh, tell people to listen to the show. The rate like, is great. <laughs> That's that's a that's that our help, new uh, sign off. Um, uh, yeah, d- like tell somebody if you if you like the show, uh, and you like you like our content. <laughs> like next emo show you go to, just be like, hey, I know this podcast where these two idiots talk about this music. You should uh, you should check it out. And overwhelmingly, they do not talk about that music. <laughs> From a from a percentage standpoint, they talk about themselves and people that they don't like and don't know their names. Uh, there's about ten minutes of uh, music discussion, and then about thirty minutes of uh, Wikipedia. This should just be a show about Wikipedia. You know what this um, uh, what this song reminds me of is uh, jumping off points. Anyway. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Um, Bark, thank you. Thank uh, you. For doing this stupid show. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a special, it's a special time. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, that is Brock Wilbur. I am Terrence Wiggins. And we are the coolest kids, and we take what we can get. Thank you, everyone. Bye.